Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world more lopsided than World Series Game 4. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and he's a whole lot better than me. What do you mean, man? 11-7, the, the D-backs had one more hit than the Rangers. I was locked in. This game had me enthralled from first pitch to last. Uh, no, that's not what happened. I would say, Jake... For all of the discourse about this being the lowest-rated World Series, this game deserved to be the lowest-rated game, the least-watched game in World Series history. But because it is our job, one, because you were actually there and you could only shield your eyes so much, and two, because we love this dumb sport, and even when it is bad, I feel like we are the people that get to make fun of it. The people who don't actually watch baseball that want to parachute in and be like, oh, nobody cares. This is a low-rated World Series. No, 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 no. This is a roast Mm -hmm. that we have earned because we watch so many games all year, and that is what this episode is going to be. (laughs) We put in the work, all right? We grinded through Tuesdays in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm, We sure did, baby. So that we could dunk on Mm -hmm. what I think could be one of the most uninteresting World Series games in history. After the game last night, okay, I went over to Sarah Langs in the press box. And I said, Sarah, you are a positive, optimistic person with a very positive outlook on the sport of baseball. I am going to ask you a very bummery question. Was that the least entertaining World Series game of all time? How would you go about defining that? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure, yeah. Sarah laughed because it's like no one ever asks her like stuff like that, right? It's always like, how is this the best? Right. And, <laughs> and of course like, she, yeah. And she can at least, you know, lean on the Seager stats and all those things because Sarah is not only is baseball, yeah. Sarah is the best. I will say, though, one of my favorite <laughs> things about being friends with Sarah Langs is texting her and talking to her about stats that either make teams look terrible or like like yeah, yeah, she's yeah. got it in her. You just won't see it on Twitter because she's it's off obviously the better than that. It's off the record. <laughs> like, there's 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 moments like she gets it too. It's not like she's gonna act like that was a great game. But anyway, that's that's very funny. She provided an unequivocal no, mm-hmm. just because the Diamondbacks displayed a semblance of zip towards the end of the game. They did score four in the eighth, two in the ninth to make it a four run game. There was like a half of a moment in the bottom of the ninth where it was like, could, yes, for that reason, she claimed this could not be the worst World Series game ever. 
However, and before we get into, I mean, we're definitely not going play by play in this one. We'll just do biggest moments. But um, I do want to get to kind of what you wrote about wrote, wrote at Fox about just like the disgrace of bullpen games. We've kind of been talking about this already on the podcast, and I think that that's totally fair. But I think that that's also part of what made this one so especially frustrating and and unfun is because we've had blowouts already many times in this postseason, right? But but usually, if it's a starting pitcher getting bombed, like that's unfortunate for the starting pitcher. But like, there's narrative and interesting things to take out of a starting pitcher getting blasted because it's like, oh man, like that guy got ambushed or that guy didn't have the right game plan, and oh wow, like this offense was like really prepared for this pitch and all these things. When it's when it's you know Mantiply Frias Castro, like yeah, okay, they gave up a bunch of runs. I know it had been working, but like I have nothing to take out of that. There's no narrative thing to pull out and be like, like no, it just sucks. It just sucks to watch. And to your point about the Diamondbacks make it interesting late, that made it even worse to watch because we had some of the most maddening mound visits and pitching changes that I have ever seen. Oh my goodness. Now, thank God for the pitch clock. The fact this game was only three hours and 18 minutes is a modern miracle. But man, like this game... You know, a, a a wise background character in SpongeBob once said, "Oh brother, this game stinks." Ten nothing in the third inning is one thing, but then you realize, like, how are we how are we getting through this? Not in the interesting way of how are we getting to twenty seven outs. It is literally like, how will this game proceed in any sort of interesting manner? That's why Jordan, I lost my wallet in the fourth inning of last night's game, so I had something to think about over the course of the evening oh wow that's a real me guy move um, or really it's it's actually you're, you're looking out for yourself that's good you're like hey like what is more interesting and compelling uh, this for the rest of this game where my wallet is this ballpark needs some tension yeah okay you and you i created it, it. if yeah. anybody in the phoenix area sees my wallet Shoot us an email, baseballbarbercast. Yeah. Baseballbar- you can email us, baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. And if you have uh, any ideas about how I'm going to get home tomorrow or the day <laughs> after, baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. All right, let's get into the game. The let's starting pitchers, Andrew Heaney, a.k.a. Yeah. Heen Dog Bump Day yeah. against Joseph Multiply, mm-hmm. 2022 Arizona Diamondbacks All-Star. And Joey Multiply was fine in the first inning. He did what he was supposed to do. He somehow got Marcus Simeon out. He got the lefty Corey Seager out. He avoided danger by walking Mitch Garver. And then he got Evan Carter to fly out to end the inning because Evan Carter cannot hit against lefties. Also, can we just say Corey Seager? First pitch, 90 miles an hour, basically down the middle, swings, flies out. But again, it's like they still threw it a strike, and we're gonna get this second at bat in a second. But anyway, Heen Dong comes out there. Marte sends his hitting streak to twenty, and then you know then he gets caught stealing. Momentum gone. Rangers, here we go. Top of the second. Here come the runs. Josh Young double against Joe Mantiply. Good, like that. Young hitting higher in the order last night because I guess we should have mentioned this. Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer off the roster <laughs> with injuries. Yeah. I, well, I guess we could have kept going and then it would have been like, holy shit, Travis Jankowski. Holy shit, Brock Burke, which that'll happen later. But yes, yeah. those guys are not going to be appearing in the World Series anymore. I mean, there's no no shock here. That's kind of what we expected after the last night's game. 
Uh, the Scherzer thing doesn't seem like it's going to matter because the Rangers are likely going to win before game seven comes back around. And Brock Burke, his replacement, was just not very good last night. So it's whatever. Uh, Adolis not being here for the end is a bummer because he was the story of this postseason to such an incredible degree. And with all due respect to Ezekiel Duran, I'd rather watch Adolis Garcia do his thing. Um, he's still around like he was in the dug, uh, in the dugout and in the tunnel last night. So, all right. Yeah. Resume. Yeah. Beep. I mean, him and him and Scherzer were both there and like, it, it, you know, it's fine. I, I'm not surprised. It, it is a bummer because it could have been. It's still an all time postseason run for Adolis. Like he set the RBI record. Like we will remember all of that, that. He's a huge reason why they're here. But it is unfortunate. But obliques are bleak. Uh, we have Miguel Castro coming to the game. Miguel Castro. Well, hold up. Hold up. Hold yeah. up. Hold up. Joe Mantiply allows a double to Josh Young. Yes. And it's like, duh. Right? <laughs> Mantiply a lefty, Young a righty. It was like a long at bat. Sorry, five pitches. And it was like the pitches were fine. But sometimes when you throw with your left hand and it's 90 miles an hour and you're facing a right-handed hitter, there's just not a lot you can do. But then he strikes out Nathaniel Lowe. And it's like, okay, this is working. He did Miguel his Cast- job. He did his job. Miguel Castro comes in. And gets a ground out from Jonah Heim, and you have a runner on third with two outs and a 2 2 count. And it's mm. like one more strike from Miguel Castro, and we're on our way. Okay. Wild pitch. Mm. I'm going to go ahead. Okay. Let me. There are hits that are errors in my scorebook mm. where I'm like, that's a play you got to make. I know they ruled it a hit. I'm calling that an error. I'm calling this a pass ball from Gabby Moreno. Mm. That is a ball on a 2-2 count that needs to be blocked. Needs to be blocked. And he's better than that. And he knows he's better than that. And that's a big momentum shifting play. Run scores. Mm -hmm. Leody Tavares walks. First runner on runner on uh, runner on first. Travis Jankowski singles to keep the inning alive. Marcus Semien triple down the left field line. Three to zero. In comes Kyle Nelson from Miguel Castro. Corey Seager, second pitch of the at-bat. Home run, slider, middle of the plate. 5-0. It was like, okay, great. Like, you learned don't throw him a strike for the first pitch. Mm. But you then you still have to keep pitching to him. And honestly, maybe keep throwing him balls. Like, I would say, I know Garver, I guess, is behind him, which is still not a great option. But at this point, like, going to swing at the strikes in the zone. Bad pitch, five nothing, totally deflated. Chase Field, I imagine, was rather quiet at that stage, and now we're just kind of settling in because it's like, all right, well, the bullpen game has failed, and yet they still have to keep getting outs. Like at this point, are we going to like, are we going to try and bring in Ginkle or like, like, our, how close are we trying to keep this game here? And I think we sort of got the answer when, in the top of the third, we see my man Luis Frias who. I mean, he's just been put in some of the stranger spots this entire postseason. Like, I cannot figure out what they think of him. I can't figure out if they think he's awesome or think he sucks. Like, none of the times he's put in, I've been able to understand. But anyway, he comes in uh, with guys on first and second and one out in the third inning. And this is where things really start to just crumble. Key moment of the game. Joe, just to let you know. I texted our friend Mike Farron, key moment of the game, before the semi and triple. 
Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that's that's so bad. Was, and again, it's five nothing after the Seager homer. It's right. at this point, it's five nothing. It's five nothing. But but this, but like as bad this, as the sequence of Travis Jankowski hit semi and triple Seager homer is, like that's like, bad. Yes, that's bad. This sequence, well, is no, that's really not where bad. you understand they lost. No, the game. that's not bad from an entertainment perspective, in my opinion. Sure, because okay, it's that's like true. that's true. The five hundred million dollar infield. Hit a triple yes. and a homer to yes. make it five to zero. Yes. Christian Walker bungling an easy double play ball that would have ended the inning as the best defensive first baseman in the world. Yeah. Is where it goes to like, yeah. Yeah. It, and it was, it was that. And like he, <laughs> so right. It's first and second. It's one out. Heim just right to Walker. And you know, the, the, those double plays to start with the first baseman are sometimes a little complicated, but I mean, with Heim running, like it's not like you had to rush that much, like has to be a double play. He just fumbles the transfer. Can't pick it up like four times. And it's just like, Oh, like it's not only is now is it bases loaded with one out. You just like, you feel like, ah, that was it, man. Like that was, that was the whole chance and maybe not five, nothing. But hey, Freya strikes out Tavares, and you're like, all right, they're going to get out of it. Now we just have to get Travis Jankowski out with two outs, right? Wrong. Travis Jankowski, two RBI double, seven nothing, and then the the true <laughs> the true uh, GG knockout punch. Marcus Semien with his first home run of the postseason. That is going to be it. Ten to nothing, and that's the ball game, folks. Yeah. In comes Ryan Nelson, though. Mm. In the top of the fourth for the Diamondbacks. And Ryan Nelson proceeds to deliver a truly historic pitching performance in a game that was dead and dusted. Five and a third innings, three hits, one run earned, no walks. I was told by someone, I don't know if this is true, that it was the first time in postseason history that a reliever had a longer outing than the winning pitcher in a game. He threw okay, five so innings. I was wondering this. Yes, he got he one threw more five and a third. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a great stat. What I'm looking up is how many times did Ryan Nelson throw five innings of one run ball this year? <laughs> like, yeah. It, as a starter, when he made a million starts here, I'm, I'm, I'm looking this up now. It looks like he did it. I mean, he did it a handful of times, um, mostly in the first half of the season. Uh, second half was not quite as good. For Mr. Nelson, and again, that's why he wasn't starting this game in the first place. That's why he was Correct. literally the last guy they had used. He'd only pitched two times this postseason and looked terrible both times. And so this was not a guy right. they really – like, this was literally the situation they wanted to use him in, and he delivered, but it was kind of depressing. Look, I hate bullpen games. I don't like them. They make me mad. However – I'm sorry, and Ryan Nelson showing up yesterday and obliterating the Rangers for four, five and a third – makes you want to say, why didn't they just start this guy? Yeah, That's not fair. The Rangers were swigging incredibly early in counts because they were up by 10 runs. And he what? He threw like 62 pitches? 68 pitches to get, right, to go through five innings, five and a third innings, six strikeouts, no walks. Like, it was, I mean, I appreciate it, right? I appreciate it for the Rangers offense to just like move the game along. Um, and Nelson was, he did look good, but again, they were yeah. making it pretty easy for him. He, <laughs> he had an eight, lefties had an 895 OPS against him during the regular season. Okay. Yeah. 
and you're going to have him go face Heim, switch hitter, Tavares, switch hitter, Carter, Lowe, Corey Seager. Is that gonna, yeah. that was, that's your plan at the yeah. beginning of the game? Can't be, yeah. right? And so as much as I hate the bullpen game, what the Diamondbacks did yesterday was their best chance. They yeah. just happened to be an 84-win baseball club. And again, <laughs> you're, the margins are so – like because of the relievers that you're using, like respect to Kyle Nelson, who's had some moments this postseason and is fine, and Miguel Castro and Joe Mantiply, like those guys are fine, but they're still not the been freest. My God, I mean, he's only he's a rookie and all these things. Like they're if they're not on, you're gonna lose by a lot because they're not the best major league relievers at all. Like they're relievers and they're good, and it still gives you the best chance to win, but it's just when it goes wrong, it's gonna be really ugly, and that's exactly what we saw. Um, and so credit to Ryan Nelson again for <laughs> it, it get, makes the box score. I mean, even funnier than it already was truly. And really what it did allow for too, is, you know, the diamondbacks, because the Rangers are also in this position where it's like, okay, well, what pitchers are we going to use? So he goes five. He's fine. I mean, I was not especially impressed with him, but he's pitching with a 10 run lead and he can also attack and has no pressure whatsoever. And so he goes five, Dunning comes in, gives him one, Bradford comes in, gives him one. And now it's like, all right, well, there's no reason we need to use our actual relievers at this point, right? Let's bring in Brock Burke, who hasn't, who literally was added to the roster this morning, right? He promptly gives up three runs like immediately, which is, which is why I guess Stratton is the one that allows the home run. But it was like, oh yeah, well, I guess that's why he wasn't on the roster. Also probably was not expecting to pitch today. So that's the other part of it, right? Um, but then, you know, by the end, it's it's just it's just ugly. And then I guess we can just skip to the bottom of the ninth because we have Paven Smith making his third appearance of the World Series. He has yet to actually make it to the batter's box. Uh, he has been announced as a pinch hitter and then pulled back for another one three times in four games. And in this case, they pulled him. Basically, they announce him, they bring in Will Smith, and then they put in Jordan Lawler instead of Paven Smith to face Will Smith. Now, I guess they put in Lawler instead of Longoria, which I actually found interesting because in that spot, it's almost being like, yeah, we lost. Like, let's just get Jordan Lawler in AB, right? Lawler walks. Great walk. Great walk. Great walk. Great AB. Uh, and And then Will Smith strikes out. Marte and Corbin Carroll and is one out away with a six run lead of finishing the game. And Bruce Bochy, God bless him, Hall of Famer. He's earned all everything, all the nice things to say about Bruce Bochy. I've never hated him more. When he comes out, just as we talked about, well, we just had this whole conversation. Why does Bruce Bochy have to keep this should be a game where he should be comfortably resting on the bench and not moving a damn muscle. And instead, him and Mike Maddox were going out of their way to just keep going out to the mound, whether for a pit mound visit or a pitching change. When he comes in, I don't know if you saw this, but on it was very clear on TV. Will Smith is like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like an all time vote of no confidence for Will Smith to not get this last out with a six-run lead, which, like, I agree. I don't think Will Smith's very good. But if I'm Will Smith and I just struck out Cattell Marte and Corbin Carroll, I'm like, why are you taking me out now? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It oh. appears I, – I went to the Diamondbacks locker room after the game. Um, but it does not appear that anybody asked Bochi oh. why he went to LeClerc. 
Right. I think I will ask today. It's I mean, like, I I, I know you wanna you wanna win the game, but like you're now setting up again, we shouldn't make too much of this. I don't want to be too dramatic here. Jose Leclerc's not gone three days in a row the entire season. Okay. And now for some reason he might have to do that tonight. Now I know it's like, well, this would be the time to do it to like finally win the World Series. Like I I, I get that. I'm sure he will pitch tonight. If he Weird look to. though. Duh. Weird look. Right? Just I it's like I just don't get it. I just it's a very, very strange I know like you have to every out is but like I don't it was just a bizarre. Apparently sense. not every out because you went to Will Smith. Also true. That's the thing. It's like very conflict. It's the same thing with some of the D backs pitching decisions. I'm just like, what what are what are we trying to say here? I, I can't What is the goal? Yeah, I, I can't always figure it out. Anyway, What's our so audience? Of, of course Moreno, you know, drives in two runs immediately. Walker pops out, and that's the end of the game. But that, yes, that that single from Moreno helps the D-backs out hit the Rangers, uh, which doesn't matter. But it is a reminder of, you know, they they the snakes sort of came alive against the bad Rangers pitchers, and uh, it wasn't enough. And they they got blitzed in the beginning because they were using relievers who aren't that good, and they can only bullpen game to the end of the World Series uh, for so long, and eventually it will come back and bite you. And now they are down two one or three one. Maybe. Sorry. Maybe we're being a little bit too much of a bummer. If you are a Rangers fan, you're like, holy shit, we're one game away from winning oh, the yeah, World well, Series. Oh, yeah, well, we can do that now because that is a Let's big do that now. deal. <laughs> Let's do that now. Yeah. Uh, so tonight we will have Zach Gallen against Nathan Eovaldi for game five, the final game of Chase Field this year, uh, unless it goes back for games eight and nine, which I'm not expecting at this point. Um, but first of all, quickly on this matchup and then we can talk about just like how we're feeling about the Rangers and then we'll say goodbye. Um, I mean, Zach Allen, man, I love you. you. Gotta show up. This is it. Like, duh, like obviously duh, your season's on the line, but after whatever, three starts where it's been like, just not good enough. He hasn't been terrible, but he has not been the dude really at any point in the last three or four starts. And so now's your chance, dude. Let's see it. I would love to see it. It would be awesome for Zach Allen to, to keep their season alive. Um, that would be really, really, really cool. I know most people want, I know the Rangers, of course, want, want to end the series to end. I'm sure most of the media wants the series to end tonight. I get that. That's fine. Uh, but like, I mean, this could be, this would be a really cool thing for Zach Allen to pull off if he can do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he has been so meh for the last couple starts for him to do this at home. Yeah. Would be very, very cool. And that's the thing. Like he, he ha- he's just been. It's just three to four mistakes a game when it's like yeah. he's so close to having six scoreless, and it's just not happening. So we'll see. And, and I'm, I'm super excited. I always fascinated by how pitchers attack teams in this, and this applies to Evaldi also. Um, you know, do the D backs make adjustments on the splitter? Do they? You know, and they just sort of got 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 to him last time too. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm very curious about that. Do Rangers fans want to win tonight? Um, uh, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> I don't think because it's Instead like oh, of winning at home? Win at home. No, no, no. There's no way. There's no way because as soon as, if they lose tonight, now we're in. We're shitting our pants. Like they would be nervous. Like it would. It would be less fun if they lose this game and then have to go home and like really start to sweat it out. So, hundred percent win it tonight. Keep it simple and don't even have to think about the the terrors of other years in the recent history <laughs> okay i mean there's it's not that long ago okay let's let's keep these let's they already got very close let's not get cute with it and try and oh we want to win no 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 no, no. we're not doing that 
Uh, they want to win tonight. And I think Yavaldi will give them a great chance in the way that now, you know, Semyon's swinging it and the way the whole offense is swinging it. Um, I mean, I think they got a great shot. And I think, again, if there's been a lesson for just this whole Rangers run in general, you know, they're, I, I get that they're embracing the next man up. And that's cliche. And that's like 98% of teams. And I get that. But ultimately, really what it is, is when you spend this much money and you are this aggressive in making your team better at all aspects, you have so many safety nets. And that's a credit to yes. them. That yes. that is what that is a reward. That's what you've earned. That's what you've paid for. That's what you've earned. Like, I celebrate that. I'm not saying that as a negative. I know some salty Astros fans want to be like, "Oh, you spent all this money to beat us." Hell yeah, they did, and it worked. And they should be proud of that because that's the whole point. And if you're a team that's never won the World Series for longer than any other franchise, that's exactly how you should act, and that's what they've done. And you still have to identify who to pay for. Yep. Many teams. I don't know if you if you know about this, but the Mets. And the Padres did something yeah. similar, and they sucked. And so yeah. you can't just throw money at the problem. It's not that simple. You have to throw money at the problem in an intentional way and find the correct players. And the Rangers, it yeah. appears, have done that. Right. And it's it's a combination of that, but it's also like, like I mean, <laughs> they've made a lot of moves trades and signings that are not going to look great at some point but who cares because if they win this world series nobody will give a shit for years and years and years and years and we might look up in 2026 and be like yikes like this roster i know they have a good farm system but like there's versions i mean some of these pitching contracts some of these things the fact that they're going to have to go through this max scherzer situation next year too for the whole year like there's there's clear but who cares like none of it matters you're one win away from your first ever world series that's the whole point of this endeavor. And so, yes, sometimes being reckless can be worth it. Who cares how smart and whether the, your dollars per war is this perfect uh, calculation for what your front office is. It does, at this point, it doesn't matter. This is how you should act if you've never won a World Series, and credit to him. Evil Knievel was a legend. Yeah, it's true. Evil Knievel and Chris Young, very similar, similar energy. Although I will say, actually, you know what? I do want to mention this quickly, the Wyatt Langford discussion. Because oh, it was so think, good. I was in the room for that. It was so okay, funny. So, so, so let's, let's set, set this up. Okay, so adult, and this doesn't really matter, but I actually think it, in the context of the Rangers being ultra-aggressive, I think it's really funny. So this will be our last topic, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, so, okay, Adolis Garcia, out, injured, oblique strain. Oh, God. Oh, oh my God, we're going to have to play Travis Jankowski? And then everyone's like, wait a minute. Didn't we just draft this amazing outfielder who made it all the way to AAA in, like, a month, and he has a 1,000 OPS? Like, why don't they like he's probably one of their four best outfielders? Like, why don't we just call up Y Langford to replace Adolis Garcia in the World Series? So Chris Young was asked about this. You were in the room for like I I'm curious your interaction. Well, first of all, I'm curious what the discussion about this was, maybe even yesterday or before, and then I'll give my thoughts. But you were in the room for it. So how did this go down? Not gonna happen. <laughs> and the and there's a million reasons why. And like Wyatt Langford has not been with the team. Okay. That is, yeah. I don't think he has even been at the complex staying fresh mm-hmm. on the get ready squad. Sure. And so you're basically plucking him off of the couch, <laughs> which maybe would work. But you have to remember that for the f- first couple of weeks when the season's over, a lot of players just shut it down and just okay. give themselves a rest. I don't know what Wyatt Langford's plan is. There's a chance he has not seen live pitching since his last game of the year. And to pluck that guy out of that and put him into the World Series as his big league debut is just so outrageous. Yeah. 
beyond the point of reality. Yeah. So this dude in the in the presser, I can't remember who it was, just like, so uh, was Wyatt Langford even a possibility? And Chris Young laughs. <laughs> it's not on the Which, transcript. He just yeah. laughs. He goes, "Well, there were a uh, lot of people that tweeted that was yeah. like Chris Young scoffed at this notion." Yeah. Yes, he um, laughed at it. Yeah, and I love that. So first of all, to your point, him not being with the team is, I think, point number one. Because if you want to argue that he's one of your best players right now, I would maybe possibly grant that in the scenario that he was with the team the whole time and has been working and doing live BP and smashing home runs off of Brock Burke before he's on the roster and all these things, right? Like there's a, and people being like, oh, people have made their major league debut in the playoffs. That's fine. But the fact that he wasn't there told you that he was never going to be an option. It's not like they didn't know that some of their players could be injured. That's the whole point of the taxi squad is that they're there for when their players get injured. That's why Ezekiel Duran is hanging around. That's why all these other guys are hanging around. So for him to, yeah. And the other part about it is like, Chris Young is no dummy. And so for Chris Young to be like, that's stupid. <laughs> it's like, thank you. That is stupid. Of course, I'd love to see Wyatt Langford. But also, you know what else that would be? Extremely insulting to the people on your roster. If yes. you added Wyatt Langford before game four from the couch. Like if I'm, forget Ezekiel Duran. If I'm Travis Jankowski or Robbie Grossman, I'm like, are you fucking joking? Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, although at the same time, if you had asked Chris Young at the beginning of August, like, hey, Chris, um, Evan Carter's going to hit third and fourth for you in the World <laughs> Series. What are your thoughts? Right. Insane. And that's also probably what enabled some of these thoughts, but still very different. Evan Carter, I that is also wild. The guy proved it in the major leagues for a, a stretch, clearly, and then it, uh, into the postseason, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, very different. But I just thought that discourse was absolutely hilarious, and uh, I, I loved it dearly. Also, by the way, I'm pretty sure, just speaking of Evan Carter, I'm pretty sure last night was the first game he did not reach base in the postseason. Um, wow. Which is nuts. So, anyway, Rangers are good. They can win the World Series tonight, game four, or game five, sorry. Uh, you will be there, of course. We will uh, recap it at a time TBD, hopefully as soon as possible. I don't know what our plan is exactly for that. We'll, we will discuss that as soon as we're off this call. Uh, but for now, we will end this so that you people can listen to this as soon as possible. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. This has been so much fun. If you are, why, if you've maybe seen a clip that we've tweeted out during the show, I am wearing uh, a new piece of Barbacast merch, the black beanie, baseball Barbacast beanie. It is officially cold, Jake Mintz. Yeah. It's cold out. And so, not here. Not everywhere. Maybe not in Phoenix. But it is cold in a lot of places. And so you can go get yourself a beanie. We also got bucket hats if you do want to go to Phoenix and, and bake in the sun in uh, November. Um, but yeah, so all kinds of new merch at podswag.com slash baseball. And uh, you can email us at baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Any final thoughts, Jake? Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, Jordan. Or the people definitely don't. My love for beanies and how I sleep in them most nights. Oh, yes. See, I find that really interesting because it makes sense to me if you could be in a hotel room and make it absolutely freezing. But otherwise, I view it as like I can't sleep with socks on. Like it's just too warm. Mm. Like I can't, I don't know how you do that. Unless it's like so, so, so cold, I would be sweating like crazy. I like having warmth over my ears and my eyes. So I'll yeah. take a beanie, put it on my head, yank it down over my eyes, mm -hmm. and then I basically have a sleep mask. See, warm head that, uh, yeah, if you like the warmth of the head, that's, I mean, I, I've become a sleep mask guy. That's how I really know I'm getting old. I'm big, big sleep. Yeah, 
I have a I'm definitely pro sleep mask. That has happened over the last uh, year and a half or I'll so. I'll do both. I'll do both. I that's, mean, if I'm on a plane, insane. that's too much warmth on my on my uh, head. That's can't do that. No thanks. Yeah, so I will be that's the first thing when I get home, I'm taking that beanie and I'm yanking it down over my eyes and I'm catching some Z's. Love it. So you can do that too. You can go get you a Barbicast beanie. Of course, the other merch also available on there. Uh, if you yeah, want to be like your picture. if you want to be like your fourth favorite baseball podcast, <laughs> try sleeping with a beanie on. <laughs> we got you. We got you. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you, Chris Tyler, for producing. As always, we will be back. Uh, Jake, I think the season might end tonight. Season might end tonight. All right. Have fun, everybody. Enjoy game five. Goodbye. Serious XM Podcasts.